Hello, I'm Eric Chabro of GovInfoSecurity.com and the Information Security Media Group. I'm speaking with the City of Seattle's Deputy Chief Information Security Officer, David Matthews. Matthews is a member of the American Bar Association's Science and Technology Committee, whose members over the past few years have been conversing about the legal and privacy concerns of cloud computing. Welcome, David. Good to be here. The hacking of Google's Gmail email accounts of human rights activists, does the assault show that cloud computing is not ready for prime time for organizations such as government? It raises the awareness of everybody about the problems that can be inherent in cloud computing and just makes us more aware of some of the things we need to do to to be ready for going into cloud computing. So some of the due diligence that we need to do in order to make sure that if we are going to use the cloud, and we do use the cloud already, and a lot of people do already, whether they even know it or not. I think it was kind of a wake-up call, in a way, for all of us to really think about, okay, this is security as usual. You know, we need to really pay attention to our security and our issues and be aware of what uh, we're jumping into when we jump into cloud computing and be ready for it and, and make sure we've got the right agreements in place and the right controls in place, just like we should for anything, for internal as well. Let's talk about these controls. How should government IT organizations change their processes to secure their data and systems as they adopt cloud computing services? It's sort of just extending your perimeter in a way. You need to extend your governance as you do your perimeter if you move into any other area. If you buy a new data center somewhere, you've got to extend your controls into that data center. Or if you contract with another organization, you should be including in that contract something to do with keeping their security. And so it's the same thing with the cloud. If you're going to the cloud, you need to think about the same things that the the privacy issues, the records management issues, the e-discovery issues, all of those things need to be considered ahead of time. And your security controls need to extend into the cloud as well. That kind of depends on what type of cloud computing you're doing, how much control you actually have over it. If it's software as a service, for instance, the controls may be the providers that may be putting the specific security controls. Um, if you're just buying infrastructure and you're putting your own data up there, your own software, your own applications, then you've got the same responsibilities you've always had about keeping antivirus running and any other security, monitoring that kind of thing that you do, just like you do on your own network. You need to extend your control but you also have to do some important contractual language to make sure everybody is aware, your provider and yourselves are aware of what the responsibilities are for everybody. If the provider is going to be doing the security side of things or to whatever extent they're going to be doing that, you need to have that in contract and understand what the responsibilities of everybody involved are. In contracting services, you raised the point that they could be mixing data with other customers. Have you found there are cloud computing providers out there that will use the cloud model but host it and put your, your information into the server that's not being shared? You can, yeah. You can certainly contract that way. You do the private model of cloud computing or maybe what they call a community model, deployment model, where you're only sharing data with the same vertical or the similar organizations. When they contracted with Los Angeles, Google created something called the GovCloud, and only government entities are allowed to be in that cloud. That's one way of handling it. You can also just have a private cloud and, and contract to just have it only your organization. You can also do things and, and should do things when you're doing the contract to define exactly the delineations between the different organizations and who owns the data and exactly what the data can be used for. Sometimes you may be sharing base and even data with other organizations because that's part 
part of your business model, or even with the provider itself, might be doing statistical analysis, that kind of thing on your data. So that needs to be defined. You need to say, okay, well, this is what we allow you to do with our data, or what we allow you know the other organizations to do with our data, and be very specific about that, and also have auditing in place so that you're able to look at that and make sure that everybody's complying with the agreements, and that there's some way of seeing that everybody's complying with it, and there should be penalties around it too. So if you have somebody sells your data that's not supposed to, or uses your data in a way that you didn't agree to, that there's some kind of penalty involved as well. From a security and privacy perspective, what would you consider the key pros and cons of cloud computing? Well, on the pro side, by centralizing your data, by having your data in one place, you may have better controls over it. At least you could have better controls over it. You can centralize your security controls in the cloud, in the area where your data is being stored, and you can set up policy and even prohibit other storage of your data, so it's all stored in one place. Privacy, again, you can have maybe more control because it's centralized and you can control data loss. There's an opportunity there, if it's done right, to really have a better handle on where your data is and how it's being handled and how it's being dealt with. Again, it's all based on your due diligence in creating good contracts and setting up the services in the correct way. The other side of that, of course, is if you don't do that, there's security issues and privacy issues because of the fact that your data is being shared out there or that you've increased your insider threat now to every single person that works for that provider. You've got to recognize all of these different pieces and have some controls in place for that. The insider threat is one security issue that is a big concern. The fact that you are sharing data through virtual machines with who knows how many people, the fact that you don't really know, possibly don't know where your data lives or what part of the world your data is in, all those things could be security issues if you don't pay attention to them up front. Are you seeing providers in marketing their services offering certain features that would allay the concerns of government IT security professionals in how secure the data would be? Yeah, actually, some of the larger providers are really making some good efforts. They're hearing us. The Cloud Security Alliance has done a great job of creating a list of security issues and concerns. The American Bar Association Committee that I'm a member of contributed to that the last time around to talk about legal issues. And a lot of the larger organizations, at least, the larger providers of cloud systems and, and, and solutions, are really seeming to step up to that and recognize it. But again, it still depends on you and your organization to demand that they meet your criteria and that they come up to your standards, security uh, and privacy, and, and that they address the issues that you have, legal issues and, and other issues. I really would point to the city of Los Angeles having gone through this, and they've done a good job in a lot of ways. One of the things that Google did for the city of Los Angeles was set their Gmail up to have archiving and searching capabilities for electronic discovery. That's a pretty big deal because the city of Seattle just went through that, purchasing a product to do the archiving and searching capabilities for e-discovery, and it's an expensive and onerous and difficult process. For them to incorporate that into their cloud computing was a big deal. They get it. They understood, or maybe Los Angeles made them understand, that the only way this was going to work for them was if they addressed these issues of security and privacy and even gave them some, some good ways to handle issues and concerns that they already were dealing with. When a company like Google offers Gmail services, they're using, the, I guess, the standard architecture for that service, but it's not the same as if I would just go onto their site and sign up for it? That's correct. When you do that on the corporate level or on the local government level, you don't want to just be mixed in with that, that crowd. You know, Obviously, you want to have your own 
your own space um, in order for security and privacy re reasons and for availability. You want to make sure that you have priority in case something happens. In Google's case, they specifically said we're going to separate you out. You're going to have your own Gmail system. It's going to be located in the continental United States. All of our people that are working on your customer support will have security clearances. And, you know, they made it a real point of trying their best to address the issues and, and make it uh, separate. As a corporation or as a local government or as a larger entity, when you sign up for email services in the cloud, you would expect that would separate it out from the public's business. It's not free, is it? Oh, no, it's not free. <laughs> but it's cheaper than other email services? Every organization is going to have to look at that themselves. In some cases, yeah, it can be less expensive. It's going to be the transition process and the transition costs and the user acceptance and the training, all those have to be factored in if you're going to go that way to such an extent, you know, that you've actually switched everything over to a cloud. So all that has to be thought about, but in the end, I think it probably can turn out to be less expensive. Is the pressure intensified for government to adopt cloud computing because of the potential for considerable savings, especially at a time when local, state, and tribal governments are financially strapped? And if that's the case, how would you characterize the challenge on CIOs and CISOs to make sure cloud services are secure? There is some pressure to move that way, especially because we're seeing some organizations move that direction and show some savings. As we see that more, as we see the case studies pile up that really prove the point, the pressure is going to grow on us to move that direction. Given that, CISOs, CSOs, CTOs, I think, just have to really be aware of the list of issues that have to be considered and do their due diligence do a good job of documenting all the issues and all the concerns and making sure that those have all been addressed in the contract language and in the agreements, the SLAs, the agreements about uptime and security and privacy and availability, all those things have to be addressed. It's up to each individual organization to really know what those issues are, consider them well, and make sure that the money heads up makes sense and really plan ahead well and make sure that's all well written up in the contracts. Has the city of Seattle adopted any cloud computing services? Yeah, we have a couple of services that we contract for, which are basically cloud computing. We have our email filtered from a service that is out in the cloud, and our URL filtering process is also done to some extent in the cloud. It's a bit of a hybrid in that we have our own devices on site, and then it gets sent out to the databases that filter things for us. But that's basically a kind of a, a software-as-a-service situation. We have actually added language to our purchasing folks about how to contract with software as a service to make sure we're considering all the security issues. And when we do the RFP, that we're letting them know that we're going to be looking at their security stance and that we want them to be able to show us that they have a good security policy in place and that, you know, we want to be able to audit that. So we've got some of that language just in the RFPs already. Do you think it's going to be fairly common in, say, five years for a lot of the applications or even some of the storage areas to be cloud computing in government? The government tends to move pretty slowly. <laughs> We're still on uh, XP over here, you know. <laughs> it's not the kind of thing that's going to move real quickly. It takes process and bureaucratic glacial movement to make things happen. As the pipes get bigger and as the Internet becomes more available and more viable as a storage place and as an application platform, I think it's inevitable that people in all areas, including government, are going to move that direction. Thank you, David. Sure. It's a pleasure. I've been speaking with the City of Seattle's Deputy Chief Information Security Officer, David Matthews. For GovInfoSecurity.com and the Information Security Media Group, I'm Eric Chabro. Thanks for listening.